We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, it's hour number two of a Thursday. Home and home at radio.com. Sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter E-N-T-E-R for those of you that did not go to Princeton. Coming up in just a bit, Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports with fantasy tips for tonight's Thursday night game and throughout the weekend. And Pete Dammel breaks down a very good slate in college football, Florida LSU, and the Red River shootout, one of the best rivalries in all of sports today. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker is home in Pennsylvania in those killer Old Navy Brown, old, ugly flip-flops that cost 10 bucks, and, well, you might have paid too much for those, Ross Tucker. So let's talk about Handshake Gate, which now has resolution because Richard Sherman, who said he was angry and motivated that Baker Mayfield didn't shake his hand before Monday night's game in San Francisco. Well, the video showed differently. It concluded Baker did shake his hand. So Sherman went on Pat McAfee's podcast and said, well, all right, you got me. I owe him an apology. He did shake my hand. Well played, Richard Sherman. What a clown. And Baker Mayfield doesn't always say the right thing. The Cleveland Browns quarterback usually sticks his foot firmly in his mouth. Actually had quite a nice line when asked about this whole kerfuffle in the NFL that has dominated a couple of days. Here's Baker Mayfield. Did that bother you at all when, when, he, when, he, when he said what he did, that he didn't shake his hand and all that? Uh, no. You know, I, I know what I did, uh, but that's, you know, the one time – the camera and something recording me has, you know, gone in my favor. <laughs> did you in any way intend to, to snub him? No, no. I respect him, who he is as a player. Uh, he's a great player, has been for a while. Uh, in no way did I mean it like that. Ross Tucker, your reaction to several days of handshake gate. My reaction is kudos, I guess, are in order for Richard Sherman for apologizing. That was the right thing to do. That's what he should do because he blatantly lied. He still, in my mind, has little to no credibility after coming out after a game, going out of his way to talk about how motivated he was by something he made up. He totally lied about it. So... Credibility meter for Richard Sherman at an all-time low. And I did like the Baker Mayfield line quite a bit about the fir- the one time something being on video actually went in my favor. That was that was good. Look, <laughs> Baker Mayfield's good for us, Dave. He's entertaining. He says things that other guys don't. He's good for home and home on the radio.com app or radio.com slash home. I still don't think it's really good for being a quarterback in the NFL. I don't think it helps them, but I don't care. I don't care how the Browns do. I care about this show, so I love Baker Mayfield. 
Yeah, he has been garbage on the football field. I don't think it's his personality that's getting him in trouble. It's just the way he's playing. More turnovers than games right now, and he has just got to be better. I was stunned to hear Nick Costos, you better, you better, an hour number one here, say that he thinks Cleveland wins that game outright. I see nothing that indicates that unless somehow they turn into a different football team, commit from the start of the game to Nick Chubb and try to establish the running game. I think they could get run right over in that football game the way they have played as of late. I would have liked Sherman to just say, that's not the way I saw it. It seemed to me to be disrespectful. Now he's just admitting, to your point, that he is a liar and that he has no credibility. Uh, Baker Mayfield is good for home and home. Another guy that's good for home and home is Antonio Brown, who on Instagram basically, you know, he says, well, you got to pay me, so you might as well play me to the Patriots. Um, is he kidding himself? And Ben Volan of the Boston Globe, Ross, he wrote an article today in the Globe asking, would the Patriots reconsider Antonio Brown? Your thoughts? I cannot imagine that they would do that at this point. You know, Robert Kraft cut him for a reason. I don't think he's the type of guy that would go back on that. Uh, that would really surprise me. And by the way, if they cut a guy like Ben Watson but sign a guy like Antonio Brown, that would Oof. be disgusting. That, that would yeah. make me sick. Those guys are polar opposite human beings. I really hope that doesn't happen. I highly doubt Kraft would do that. They're undefeated for a reason. I know everybody wants them to get a receiver. I don't think that's as much of a, a need as people are making it out to be. Frankly, I think tight end's a bigger need, and they're not doing it with Ben Watson or anybody else. I think they'd be more likely to trade for O.J. Howard from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, someone like that, than play Antonio Brown again. Yeah. I just don't see that happening. Uh, this guy is just trying to stay in the news cycle somehow some way and also Antonio I'm not sure they do have to pay you so I'm not sure that that's correct yeah I think they're gonna have to pay him something they're gonna have to pay him a couple of million dollars I think that grievance at least one of those grievances he will win there is no chance they're going to uh, sign him again to your point you cannot say no to a great character guy like Ben Watson and then take Antonio Brown I, I do find his request about as relevant as Rex Ryan saying he would take the Redskins job yeah who gives a damn about either request Antonio Brown did say on Instagram XFL never so he appeared to squash that notion and uh, his uh, the accuser Brittany Taylor by the way filing now in state she took away the federal lawsuit, is now filing it in state. I can't ignore the fact, though, that on social media, every time I see one of these odd Antonio Brown posts, Tom Brady still follows A.B. and still goes out of his way to like him, like those posts. He's very aware of all the symbolism here. find it very interesting that Tom Brady publicly uh, standing by Antonio Brown, even if it's only social media. He knows how relevant every tweet, every like is when you are Tom Brady. So that is just a very strange uh, development on that. So we're going to take uh, get a word in from our sponsor. Coming up in just a bit, though, uh, Pete Thamble's going to weigh in on really good college football slate, including the Red River rivalry, Texas-Oklahoma. Oklahoma, a big favorite there. And LSU and Florida, we saw how good Florida was last week uh, against Auburn. Can they do it again against LSU and slow down Joe Burrow? Can he find himself 
in the Heisman Trophy conversation. Pete, in just a sec, but first, hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants she also used. ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. Results like that, no wonder. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Talk a little college football with you real quick, Ross Tucker. I've been to the Red River rivalry, the Red River shootout several times. I find it easily top three, but I have not been to Ohio State, Michigan, in all honesty. To me, the best rivalry I've been to in college football is that one. It has a very unique feel to it. Uh, have you been there? And what are the rivalries that really jump out to you the most in college football? I haven't been there. Um, I would love to. And I do think that awesome. there is a truly cool, unique, special tension when half the stadium is rooting for one team yeah. and the other half the other team. The closest experience I've had to that, Dave, is twofold. One, it's the Army-Navy game, which is absolutely incredible. And number two is the SEC championship game. In particular, last year, Alabama-Georgia, that was insanity. Absolute insanity. I can't imagine a more tense environment than there was mm. at the Georgia Dome for Alabama and Georgia last year. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it being similar, but you tell me. Tell me what makes Texas, Oklahoma so great. Well, it's really a different part of the country, and you feel that. You feel just how different they are from Florida to Oklahoma. I do love the atmospherics, the passion, probably equal but it's just it, Oklahoma and Texas, so close. They compete for the same players all the time. Similar to Georgia and Florida, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. There really are just some outstanding college football rivalries, and they're put on display this weekend. Looking forward to them. Let's talk about it with our friend Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports. Don't miss his college sports podcast on Yahoo Sports. Pete, Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker, how you doing, man? What's up, guys? How are you? We are fantastic. Uh, you've obviously been to Oklahoma, Texas, Red River Shootout. How do you think that rivalry differs from others around the country? It's a great question. It is my single favorite collegiate sporting event to attend. I don't think there's yes. a better singular sporting event every year in college athletics anywhere than Oklahoma, Texas. There's just a completely different vibe to it. I'm, I'm giddy to tell you I'm going tomorrow and I can't wait to go. It's an 11 a.m. kick every year. It's ensconced within the Texas State Fair. You can have, like, deep-fried Twinkies and anything you want there. But it's just a cool environment. 
I, I guess you have to start Friday night in Dallas just rocks. You've got two fan bases in one big major American city, and they are drinking heavily and going at each other the entire night, right? So that's where that's where the that's where everything starts with Oklahoma, Texas. And then the game itself, there's no other game in college sports that's split dead down the middle. You have burn orange on one side, you have crimson on the other. And it's amid the backdrop of the Cotton Bowl, which is like this Camden Yards of college football. And just between the, the literal carnival atmosphere outside, and then you have inside this really, really like picturesque throwback setting. Um, and just the unbridled passion um, that, that comes with two great fan bases, two historic programs. I, I can't get enough of Red River. That's awesome, Pete. I, I love hearing that. All right. While we're on the topic, I got to ask you, give me um, give me the next two, three, all, all college football, but give me the rest of your rankings, whether it's Army-Navy, Ohio State, Michigan, whatever, all, the Iron Bowl. Just go down the line if you can. I, I, I love this topic. Yeah, no, it's it's a great topic. I don't know if I want to put numbers on the rest of them. I'm I'm embarrassed to admit, first of all, I've never been to Army Navy. That's always the Saturday of the Heisman Trophy, um, and it's also like the end of the season, and I'm tired. So that is on that is that is high on my bucket list. I, I will get there. I know you do a bunch of stuff with Army now, Ross. So uh, please apologize to to everyone there that that I have not been yet. I will certainly go. Um, I'll, I'll go through all those. Florida Georgia is uh, is a scene now. You know, because Jacksonville pops the way Dallas pops. Now, Jacksonville isn't Dallas. And then you obviously have two great fan bases. The stakes, especially in the, like, Urban Meyer, Mark Richt, you know, two top ten Florida-Georgia era. I mean, some of the athletes on the field, when you look back in those games, were were amazing. So that game pops, and it, and it is a party. Now, the difference is, uh, in Jacksonville, certainly people were out last night, but the party is the day, um, as opposed to... Dallas, where it's sort of this like 36 hour long, uh, 36 hour long party. Um, I would put USC Notre Dame somewhere in there. Probably not ahead of the Iron Bowl or anything like that. But that's a that you know seeing that in both venues is is a really really cool iconic place. Um, people always ask me like, where's one place that you'd go if you're going to go to a game? And there's no there's no great one answer for there. But uh, among the answers I always give is you got to go to Notre Dame. The scene, the pageantry, the tradition, the, uh, you walk in the stadium and there's no advertising anywhere um, other than for NBC. And you just, it, it is such a, such a cool environment. Uh, in terms of raw passion, just complete, it means more genuine fan base hatred. I don't think the stakes are higher anywhere than Auburn, Alabama. Uh, I've been to a couple of those over the years. I mean, two of the better games I've ever covered are the obviously the kick six game is unbelievable, right? You're telling our grandkids about that game. And then the the, the Cam Newton comeback uh, game where uh, where Auburn was down, uh, I believe if it, it was at least two touchdowns, it might have been three. It was this is a while ago, so so forgive me. Uh, that is uh, as as quiet of a stadium as I've ever heard that day in in Tuscaloosa, and just the raw wall of noise when the kick six was being returned in uh, in Auburn that night was uh, was was surreal. Uh, Ohio State Michigan is uh, is its own is its own really cool beast. Uh, 
I, I've been there the, the the past few seasons for the Harbaugh flops. I was there for the, the that really surreal week where Bo Schembechler died on the Thursday or Friday of the game when it was uh, when it was one two. Um, that was back probably somewhere around 07, 08, 09 in that in that area. Um, I mean, it, it it definitely there's definitely a level of that rivalry in, in that quadrant of the country that's uh, that's unmatched. You you definitely have the that you definitely have the genuine hatred of the uh, of the fan bases in those uh, in those games, and you know it, you've got that it's it's a different feel because you've got that sort of like drab gray November Big Ten weather backdrop to it. So anyway, I could go on and talk about this stuff all day. I mean, I've <laughs> yeah. been lucky to experience all of these uh, all of these great games and these great moments over the over the years, and it it is fun to sort of pick at the nuances of what makes them all different. Very envious of all those travels to outstanding rivalries. Let's zero in on the Red River one, though, and 11 points. I was surprised Texas giving that many points. That's a pretty good football team. Sam Ellinger, uh, probably better than he's given credit for. Is that too many points? I, I think so, Dave. So uh, a story I have coming out on, on Yahoo later today is with the four inter-top 25 matchups this week, I talked to opposing coaches who faced all eight teams to, to break them down. And... Uh, Oklahoma still remains a little bit of an enigma just because of the the softer nature of their uh, of their schedule, and a couple of the question marks I think that I, I, I'm going to zone in on at that game on uh, on Saturday are Oklahoma's offensive line. Now they're very well coached by Bill Biedenbaugh, but they lost four NFL players off last year's line. They've been very good so far, but I don't really know how much they've been tested. So uh, to to get. Lincoln Riley out of a play calling rhythm and to get Jalen Hurts uncomfortable, you're going to have to bring some kind of pressure. And I do think that if Texas can disrupt that Oklahoma offensive line early in that game, that's something I'm going to be looking at. And the other thing I think that's going to be very, it's going to be very key is Oklahoma's secondary is, is fairly mediocre in talent and their corners aren't great tacklers. And that's another thing that, that, that coaches pointed to. So yeah, talking to the people who really know it and have studied both teams, they also think that that 11 is a, a curiously large number. All right. So I was asking you, Pete, about all the great rivalries and what game you like the most. How about just this weekend, man? I mean, Ooh. we talked Ooh. about Red River rivalry, LSU, Florida, Alabama, A&M, Penn State, Iowa, among some other bigger games. What game do you think are you most looking forward to, uh, or do you think is the most important? I know you're going to the Red River rivalry, so maybe yeah. other than that one. Sure. Well, I think you got to go right to right to LSU and to to Florida. Florida's defense has been among the best, and in some categories, the best in all of college football this year. They have the the first round talent at corner to theoretically neutralize. Look, it, it has been a march of Joe Burrow infallibility this entire season, right? They have not so much been like hit a speed bump as they've raced off to just this historic offensive success at LSU. And they've completely mind bended what we've thought of when we think of the LSU offense. So all of a sudden now there there's a worthy foil here in, in the Gators. They have the talent. Todd Grantham certainly with his NFL experience and he's an old hand now in the SEC from his time at Georgia. He obviously was very successful at Louisville back at Mississippi State. And now there aren't. More, many more creative play callers and coordinators than Grantham. And you got him going up against Emsinger and then the 29-year-old whiz kid, Joe Brady. 
So that's just a fun matchup on a, on a lot of different levels when you have the the skill LSU has at receiver versus the caliber of the secondary, the Gators. Yeah, that, I really like Joe Burrow. I was really shocked to hear uh, an NFL analyst say he's nothing more than a second-round pick. Um, I want to ask you about Alabama and Texas A&M. Could the tide be actually challenged there? And do you still think Ohio State is the best college football team? So the, uh, I'm going to hit your your Burrow comment uh, really quick, Dave. Like, if yeah. you had told me Joe Burrow was a second-round pick in August, I would have looked at you sideways. I would have been like, he's a yeah. sixth-round pick. And now yeah. this is how this is how far they've come where you're insulted in week six or whatever the heck we're in halfway through the season that he's only a second round pick because um, he was physically limited last year. And then the offense has opened up and he's looked like a completely different player. So I, I'll say this. I think we get a, a, a more of a portrait of reality. I know the NFL is very curious about Joe Burrow this week and uh, and how he does perform against, you know, the type of guys he's going to see when he plays on uh, when he plays on Sundays. Um, so anyway, not non-secular to Alabama at A&M. I don't think A&M has a chance in this game. I just don't think Texas A&M is very good. I don't think talent wise, they are where they were last season. They are bad at the tailback position. They're undermanned at the tight end position from an early entry and then an injury. I, I think Alabama has all the physical advantages in this game. They, yes, they're starting uh, at times seven true freshmen this season. But I think those kids have grown up, and they're also, you know, essentially all five stars. So I, I think that unless the environment can rattle Alabama, the, the, the schematics and the talent weigh this game heavily to the Crimson Tide. All right, so Pete, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Penn State all have big games. Notre Dame, SC, obviously. Penn State's at Iowa. Wisconsin and Michigan State, out of those three teams, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Penn State, which team are you buying the most for, you know, potentially being in the college football playoff mix or conversation at the end of the year? I think I'd start with Wisconsin there, Ross, because they at least have that signature victory over a ranked team. Now, we can debate how good Michigan is. But if you're going to ragdoll Michigan in a good year or a bad year, the way Wisconsin did, that that's going to elicit some sort of uh, some sort of belief. Penn State, I I I want to see them go to Iowa this weekend. I I, th- I saw a stat this week that James Franklin is 0-6 against ranked teams on the road as the head coach at Penn State. Kinnick at night is, and I wouldn't tell you and your friends to go on a bachelor party to Kinnick Stadium, right? Because it's probably not the most fun going to Iowa City. But Iowa City is a great college town. And Kinnick at night rocks. That is an underrated environment and a very difficult place to play. We saw Ohio State's playoff hopes die there two seasons ago. And I do think you'll see a a different Iowa team after they just got mauled by Don Brown's blitzes uh, last week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Wisconsin for now. I'm gonna hold on Penn State. And Notre Dame just has so much traffic in front of them with a loss that a lot has to happen for them. I think Notre Dame's excellent. I think they're a very good team. I think they're worthy top 10 college football team. But, you know, the the reality of today is are you a top 4 college football team and I don't I don't know if I see a path for them to get there yet. Talking with Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports. Quick question on college basketball. Mike Krzyzewski weighing into the California Fair Pay-to-Play Act and was supporting of it, saying we have to evolve. How influential will those words prove to be? 
I think they'll be very influential. And, and Coach K, to his credit, has been ahead of the curve on pushing the NCAA towards change. And he sees what he sees is ultimately something that's going to impact his bottom line. We all speak from, you know, from the pulpit of which we reside. And for him to get the similar type of top recruits he's been getting the last five, six years, he's now going to be competing against the NBA. And he's now going to be competing against the G League. And he's now going to be competing against – I mean, we have guys now, like high-end college recruits, who aren't even going to play anywhere, never mind going overseas, which is happening with some college guys. We have, we have recruits who are just going to go work out in a gym somewhere in the Bay Area for a year. The world is changing very fast, and, and Kay is at least ahead of the curve of saying, hey, we need to market ourselves better. We have this billion-dollar pie. We're not cutting in the people who are earning it. That's bad business because we're not going to be getting the great players that have had people come to watch. So, um, and, and I really think that college basketball regular season is in a crisis right now of identity. Nobody knows who the players are. Nobody pays attention. It's, it's rigged for you to roll out of bed you know, in, in late February, watch a few games, watch the conference tournaments, get ready for March. And there's just this like vacant five months that really is only for hardcores, diehards. Now, certainly in Lawrence and Durham and Syracuse and Lexington and places like that, uh, you know, Tucson, they're always going to be, you know, glued in 12 months a year. But America has fallen asleep on regular season college basketball. The ratings reflect it. And the, the bottom line for the sport is, is going to reflect it soon, too. So, Pete, last question while we're on a topic like that. Kenny Robinson from West Virginia. He's yeah. a Western PA guy, awesome high school football player. He's been great at West Virginia. Yeah. Academic fraud, not playing this year. Rather than transferring or even rather than going into the NFL draft, he's going to the XFL. I don't really understand why he's not just going to the NFL draft after the year. Do you have any insight yeah. into that? And do you think other college players – might start to go the XFL route even before they're three years removed from high school? Uh, I think, Ross, what it becomes is an option, and it's it's a great question. I actually talked to Oliver Luck about that uh, this week, the XFL commissioner, uh, former West Virginia athletic director. And, and basically, um, the feedback that he's gotten about Kenny Robinson and the situations like him. Kenny Robinson's the first-team All-Big 12 uh, defensive back for the, for the Mountaineers and, you know, a, a good, a very good prospect. And, you know, ultimately the feedback Oliver got was like, we don't, if you're a personnel guy or an evaluator, we'd rather watch you play football than watch you go through the underwear Olympics. And so I wonder if we'll start to see it with some fringe prospects too. Say you're like an undrafted free agent type guy from a smaller school. Hey, do you go play and play against good competition and try to improve your draft stock that way? Or do you go and, you know, lift 225 a bunch of times and run a 40 um, against dudes who probably are more genetically gifted than you and, you know, sort of like accept your lot in, in professional football life that way. So I think it's an intriguing option and I'm, I'm all for more football and more opportunity. And look, college isn't for everyone. And a lot of guys after two years of college realize the academic piece isn't for them. And so if there's a, if there's an, if there's an option for you to go and streamline your professional future, I think that's a that's a really cool thing. Pete Dammel, we're about out of time, but what will you eat at the Texas State Fair this weekend? What on a stick? 
Great question, Dave. So on our podcast, uh, those guys were teasing me because I tend to trend a little healthier. And I joked, I don't think they're going to have deep fried oh. acai bowls. So yeah, I was, I'm going to be on the lookout for the deep fried ar ar arugula. So sadly, Damn. I'm going to like leave for the leave for the stadium at 7am, dart in and go sit in the press box and, and start working. So I'm like the worst, most boring Texas State Fair guy. Oh. If I ate like deep fried double stuffed Oreo Twinkie sandwich or they have deep fried chicken cordon bleu waffles this year. So I'll Whoa, send some Pete. I'll send some back to you guys. Oh God, I'd be in the fetal position. Like that would, that would not <laughs> do on, my Pete. that would not do my stomach well. That would not do my stomach well. So I will uh, I will take some pictures and uh, post them on my IG stories of the decadence I see as I'm as I'm running to the press box in my tie. Okay, we'll take that. We hope you try something for us and report back next week. Enjoy the Red River Shootout. He's Pete Thamble. Don't miss his College Sports Yahoo podcast with Pat Forty and Dan Wetzel. It is outstanding. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, good stuff, folks. You got to check out Oklahoma and Texas and all the food. Ross Tucker, what would you eat if you went to the Texas State Fair? Well, I feel like I need more information as to what what really the options are. I mean, chicken cordon bleu waffles deep fried sounds interesting, but I'd be more of like the uh, the deep fried Oreos guy. Any type of like pork and meat and beef yep. and brats and burnt, all, all that, especially down there, the barbecue. That's probably what I'd be hitting up. We'll see how many pictures we can grab from social media this weekend and talk about this again on Monday. Maybe a viewer poll on what the best Red River shootout food on a stick or fried food is. Pete Dan, we're going to go look for some fried kale, though. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports talks all your fantasy tips for tonight's devastating Giants-Patriots game and the weekend slate in the NFL. We're back after a quick break. It's Daniel versus Goliath on Thursday Night Football. Giants and Patriots. Patriots defense hasn't allowed a passing touchdown in five games. They are putting up unprecedented numbers. Giants, no Saquon Barkley, no Wayne Gallman, no Sterling Shepard, no Evan Engram. Gonna be ugly. Let's talk about tonight and all the weekend's fantasy action with Brad Evans at Yahoo Noise from Yahoo Sports. Brad, good to see my friend Ross Tucker, Dave Briggs. You are in Colorado where it was 80 degrees yesterday. What's happening today? Uh, outside my window right now, it is 29 degrees and snowing. So we've had about a 50 to 60 degree swing in less than 24 hours. It's stunning, and that's why I love living here. Well, I love talking to you about fantasy football, but I want to start with the Broncos. I know it's Dave Briggs' team. I know you uh. live in Denver. I feel like they're actually not that bad. I feel like they're actually a pretty good team that should have a better record. I watched a lot of that game on Sunday, Brad. I mean, they got good receivers. Flacco's playing fine. But especially, can we talk about the running back situation? Really the whole team from a fantasy standpoint. But especially the running backs. I, they're not similar styles. But Phillip Lindsay might be my favorite running back in the NFL to watch right now. There was a stretch there where, for whatever reason, he kind of like galloped. I loved watching Ahmad Bradshaw run the football. Philip Lindsay's right. now that guy for me. 
Ahmad Bradshaw would gallop and nobody else yeah. is like that. Philip Lindsay is like a Ginsu knife. Like he gets he goes, don't, don't, don't. I love that dude. Yeah, man, he does slice and dice through the competition. There's no doubt about that. And that one-two punch of him and Royce Freeman is working and working very well. I mean, really the strength of this Denver Broncos team coming into the regular season was the run-blocking efficiency of the offensive line. And those guys are opening up some holes. Uh, and Lindsey's just, I mean, he plays so much bigger than he really is. He's a juggernaut, you know, a guy that just breaks through all kinds of walls gets appreciable yards after initial contact. And Royce Freeman does the same thing, but in a much bigger body and frame. And so they work, uh, you know, as complementary options, just beautiful with one another in sync together. Uh, Lindsay getting it done in terms of efficiency inside the red zone, consistently finding the end zone. And I think that's going to be the story of this week's game against the Tennessee Titans and what should be a low scoring affair uh, with a total right around 40 overall. I think the under is probably going to hit in this one. Uh, but you're going to see a heavy dose of both of those running backs, knowing that the Tennessee Titans are outstanding in terms of pass defense, but they're mediocre in terms of defending the run, giving up four and a half yards per carry to the running back position. So, yeah, I mean, the Broncos, they are better than the record indicates. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Lady Luck packed up her stuff and left the building early in the season, uh, especially on the uh, defensive side. I mean, they've only got one game in which they've logged a single sack in. Uh, two weeks ago, they had five sacks against the Chargers. Uh, but, you know, the turnovers haven't been there with all the talent. Now Bradley Chubb is out for the rest of the year with that ACL injury. They've been snake bitten a little bit on defense. Uh, but really, they, they do have the tangibles and intangibles to, you know, right the ship here very quickly. They should be three and two. Emmanuel Sanders, though, needs to get back involved. Boy, has he been quiet the last couple of weeks. Tonight's game, a massive mismatch. 17-point dogs of the Giants against the Patriots. Largest in Giants history. Largest in Thursday night football history. Talk about the betting aspects of that one. And in terms of a fantasy perspective, is there anyone worth touching on the Giants team and anyone you're staying away from on the Patriots? Yeah, this uh, looks like a game in which it was played in the strike era and guys were crossing the line. Like, who are these cats that the Giants are <laughs> trotting out there? Darius Slayton, you know, Cody Lattimore, the former Bronco, Cody Core, Red Ellison at tight end, uh, Jonathan Hillman, Elijah Penny at running back. I mean, Golden Tate and Daniel Jones, the only known names, you know, and this is uh, still early in the career of, of Jones, so we'll, we'll see what he can do. The other thing here, too, guys, is that weather is going to play a factor uh, in Foxborough. Uh, expected rain the entire game, 70% likelihood that's going to occur with accumulated precipitation up to a half an inch. And you've got uh, sustained winds between 15 to 20 miles an hour with gusts as high as 35 expected in this game. So, you know, it's going to be chilly. It's going to be wet. It's going to be breezy. It's going to be a typical night in October for Patriots football, and it's going to be ugly in the process. Guys, I don't know about you, but I'm going to watch the Diners and Drive-Ins uh, and Dives Marathon on the Food Network instead of taking this game in. This has got underwritten all over it. Uh, I, you know, if I'm going to trust any Patriot, uh, it's definitely Sony Michelle. This is a perfect setup for him. And a game, again, with New England favored by 17. Uh, the Patriots have been covering machines, 5-2 uh, and two against the spread in their last seven games. I think they're going to cover tonight. But Michelle's got a good shot at a multi-TD game. I've got a gut feeling that Josh Gordon will catch one of two Tom Brady touchdown passes in this game. But, you know, modest yardage for him. Julian Edelman, of course, is the grease man over the middle. Always good for around six, seven catches, 65 to 70 yards. But, 
Yeah, this is a game that uh, is going to be hideous from start to finish for fantasy purposes. It is finally crafted for hashtag Tequila Thursday. <laughs> Brad, you've been doing this a long time. And what we're seeing from Christian McCaffrey in production, but also just usage, it feels unprecedented. But maybe this is just how it was back in the day. Can yeah. you compare how the Panthers are using McCaffrey and what we're seeing from him to anything else fantasy-wise you've seen during your time as an analyst or even as a fan before that? Yeah, you know, it, there's kind of shades to Priest Holmes uh, at his peak with the Kansas City Chiefs, a guy that was a jack-of-all-trades. He could do a little bit of everything. He could catch the ball very fluidly out of the backfield. Uh, and, of course, he was a pounder between the tackles, and he had a vigorous overall volume. And you see some of those comparison some of those characteristics in the game of Christian McCaffrey and I think Christian McCaffrey is just a very unique player in his own right and the way that he is uh, being deployed whether it's out of the slot I mean how I've even seen him line up out wide on occasion uh, but he is the centerpiece the uh, the engine that really pumps the Pistons from start to finish with this Carolina Panthers club and now you go to England and you know it's the upside down over there uh, as evidenced by my Chicago Bears got off a performance against the Raiders last week uh, you know, strange things happen in jolly old England, but uh, I think the one consistency you can always count on is McCaffrey. And I know out there in the fantasy community right now, there's been a lot of discussion of should you sell high on him? Why? Uh, just like you were saying, Ross, I mean, he's seeing over 90% of the opportunity share. He's uh, finding the end zone consistently. He's being utilized in every facet of the game. If you think he is about to slow down, I have a timeshare on some Caribbean island I'd love to sell you. <laughs> All right, um, let's let's move around the league a little bit. Um, our uh, producers tell us that Brad Evans is number six, according to Fantasy Pros, in the country at ranking quarterbacks, number seven at ranking tight ends. Well, way to go, sir. Bravo. Then give us a quarterback kind of outlier this weekend in either direction and a tight end outlier in either direction this weekend. Well, yeah, at the quarterback position, and let's not mention what I did at running back and wide receiver because my rankings are probably bottom basement in both of those. I really don't track any of that stuff. But uh, uh, so at quarterback, I, you know, let's go back to Carolina because the setup's great for Kyle Allen. You know, he had that blow-up game against Arizona and a homecoming of sorts because he's from the Phoenix area. Uh, and his first start after Cam Newton suffered from that list injury. Uh, and you look at Tampa Bay, I mean, they're giving up well north of eight yards per attempt, top five most fancy points, a lot of the quarterback position. I think you're going to get a lot of DJ Moore. I think this could be uh, a jump forward spot for Curtis Samuel, who's top 10 overall in total air yards. So he's a guy that's got some sneaky stream appeal of, say, you're a Josh Allen owner, for example, and you're dealing with the bye week blues. Uh, on the other side, I think Aaron Rodgers is a glorified game manager right now, guys. Um, you know, outside of his uh, one game he had a couple of weeks ago in which he was over 400 yards with multiple touchdowns, I mean, he has been consistently under 16 fantasy points each week. Uh, and now you get Detroit fresh off the bye week, rivalry game in division. The line, we've seen some fishy movement there, probably some sharp money on Detroit because the public is hammering Green Bay. The line is uh, – dwindled from minus six to minus four and a half in favor of the Packers right now. And you look at, uh, you know, Darius Slay should be healthy. 
He's given up just a 57.5 passer rating to his assignments. Uh, the Lions rank inside the top 10 and fewest fancy points allowed to the quarterback position. So Rodgers, uh, this could be more another uh, Aaron Jones game, and Rodgers going for like maybe 241 to two touchdowns at most. That's about all I see for him. And then a tight end, I like Noah Fant of the Denver Broncos. Uh, what are the vulnerabilities of Tennessee besides defending the run is defending the tight end. Uh, they're giving up close to 60 yards per game, a handful of touchdowns, a position, fifth most fantasy points, and fan coming off a stinker, I think is going to be heavily involved working that seam route over the middle for Joe Flacco and company. And then matching Aaron Rodgers, I'm down on Jimmy Graham this week going against Detroit. He, I mean, he's all or nothing. He either scores a touchdown or he goes full Mike Evans and posts an ostrich-sized egg in the box score. Yeah, that is tough to predict. Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports now in the snow in Colorado after an 80-degree Wednesday. Good to see you, my friend. Drink up tonight for Thursday Night Football. That tequila keeps the soul warm, gentlemen. I'll oh. enjoy it. See ya. All right, buddy. That is Brad Evans. Follow him at Yahoo Noise on Yahoo Sports. Great fantasy tips. Top seven in quarterbacks and tight ends. You can find his rankings on Yahoo Sports. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll check in with WEEI about tonight's Patriots-Giants game. Andy Hart joins us. He'll tell us what to expect from Rob Gronkowski's television debut. And would they consider Antonio Brown coming back into the mix? We'll get his reaction after a quick break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.